guys. Welcome back to the Beck and Call podcast. I'm your host, Merritt Beck. I am a longtime fashion blogger and a single woman in my 30s who loves to chat all things life, work, and love. So I wanted to bring that to life on this podcast. You can consider the Beck and Call podcast a weekly catch up with your internet bestie, where I discuss recent recs and reviews, answer listener questions, and discuss fun, interesting topics relevant to women in their 20s, 30s, and beyond. Each episode follows the same structure with dedicated segments you can rely on week after week. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Happy Thanksgiving week. I'm coming to you live from Austin today, although I guess it's not actually live for you since you'll be listening on Tuesday or later. I am recording from the guest room at my mom's house, and truth be told, I am actually in bed, under the covers, and in my comfy clothes, and this may be my best idea yet. I got in yesterday after a whirlwind of a week, and the first thing I did was lay on the couch by the fire, and basically didn't move from that spot until dinner. I was just totally physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted from this week thanks to a ton of work a number of social plans, and also some personal stuff going on. So needless to say, I am very ready for a real holiday break. Pretty much as soon as Black Friday is out of the way, the rest of the holidays should be smooth sailing for me, which is great since I leave for my Europe trip next Saturday. I cannot wait to unplug from almost everything and just enjoy my trip and hopefully just have a relaxing holiday season. It's always really crazy this time of year, especially in retail. And obviously, blogging has to do with retail. And so kind of wild right now. But as soon as the Thanksgiving holiday is over, usually things slow down a little bit after Cyber Week. So very much looking forward to that. But let's go through this past week, shall we? In addition to recording and editing last week's episode on Monday, I hosted Mahjong for the first time in a while. We recently learned how to play with just three people, which has been a literal game changer. The game goes by much quicker, and you also have an easier chance of winning since you have more tiles available at your disposal. It's also very helpful when someone in your group has to cancel last minute, so we can still play even though we don't have four people. I feel like the last time we played, I had super bad luck with the tiles I was getting, but this time I won three times, and I feel like I redeemed myself a little bit. So obviously games are more fun when you win, and I really enjoyed myself this week. (laughs) On Tuesday, I recorded with my assistant Liza and her wedding planner Gina, and we'll be getting to that interview later on in this episode. We talk all about how the plans came together, what details were the most challenging to nail down, how Liza decided on her dress, her favorite details from the wedding weekend, and so much more. So before that, though, if you haven't listened to episode 60, I give a full recap of the wedding, literally every detail I talk about. From the perspective of a guest, obviously, since I just attended, I wasn't in the wedding or anything. But definitely go back and listen to that episode. This interview talks more about the behind the scenes stuff leading up to the wedding, the wedding planning, and all of that. I spent the rest of the afternoon on Tuesday editing that interview, and then Liza and I drove over to Neiman Marcus downtown for a special holiday event with Baccarat and Martha Stewart. It was kind of a zoo when she made her appearance. There were cameras everywhere. So much flashing. Phones were in her face with every step she took in the store. It made me super grateful I'm not famous. I honestly can't imagine how overwhelming that would be. And I think at one point she literally told the Neiman Marcus press girl, stop with the selfies. Like, I think they had to like really (laughs) enforce that. Uh, With all of that said, 
I obviously took a few photos myself, and Liza and I got a faraway selfie with her in the background. We didn't obviously put our phones in her face, but I did get a chance to brush shoulders with her as she walked past. That was super exciting. But like I said, I wasn't going to be another person shoving a phone in her face. It just felt so invasive and like really makes you empathetic to celebrities out there like Justin Bieber and just a Taylor Swift, anyone who, when they make an appearance or just like walk down the street, people just throw their phones in their faces. It's just, I honestly can't imagine what's, what that's like on a daily basis for these people. Early Wednesday morning, I dropped Reese's off at Liza's house for the day because I had to fly to Austin for a memorial service and reception of a dear family friend who passed away a couple weeks ago. It was sudden and he was my mom's age, so it definitely hit close to home. And I felt for his kids especially because, you know, my dad passed away when I was in college. It just brought back a lot of old feelings of going through this process. And I just really felt for them in that moment. It was a really emotionally draining day for everybody, but it was also filled with a lot of joyful memories and a celebration of his life. And so I'm really glad that I went. But honestly, the second my head hit the pillow when I flew back to Dallas, I was out like a light. Working through all of those emotions can be so taxing, even if they're happy ones. But obviously it was a funeral, so lots of sad moments too. It was just those days can be really taxing and draining, and I was exhausted the rest of the week after that. Even though I went to sleep early Wednesday night, I didn't sleep super well and ended up waking up at like 4.30, so Thursday I was still very tired, but I managed to get a second wind to celebrate my friend Katie's birthday at Clifton Club. She rented out the garden room in the back, and it was so much fun. There were margaritas, espresso martinis, sliders, flatbreads, a bunch of different foods, and then they even had a little Christmas tree in the back that made the space feel super festive and fun. Before I got there, I kind of figured I would only stay until like 9 or 10. The party was from 7 to 9, but I ended up not going home until midnight. It was such a fun evening, and I got to catch up with several friends I hadn't seen in a while and another excuse to dress up. You guys know I love to do that. I got to debut this sexy new top I ordered from Massimo Duty. I got so many compliments on it, both on Instagram and in person. I'll link it on the Beck and Call podcast Instagram page if you want to check it out. But it's this black sleeveless top that features this beaded mesh insert in the front and the back. And the mesh insert is sort of like a deep V. So while it feels revealing, it also doesn't. Like it doesn't feel like my boobs are going to fall out or anything. It's just like... I don't know. I I just really love it. It's very modern and cool. Um, I'm busty and normally wouldn't reach for something that low cut, but it's actually super flattering on and looks way more expensive than it is. It's under 100, which is amazing. I'm going to take it to Europe with me as well so I can wear it out to dinner one night while I'm there. I just think it's such a fun piece for the holiday season and winter. Um, I wore it without a jacket. I mean, I took a coat, of course, but when I got there, I took the coat off and just wore it by itself with jeans and heeled boots. And I also think it would look amazing under a blazer. It's just so pretty. But I got the medium. I'd say it fits true to size. And like I said, I will link it and add a photo of it to the Instagram page. Just go to Beck and Call Podcast on Instagram and click on the shop highlight on my profile. Aside from feeling pretty tired, I actually felt fine when I woke up Friday morning, which is a little surprising after the mini espresso martini shots we had at the end of the night. But that was all great because I had to drive to Austin yesterday. So I did my usual morning routine with Reese's. Then I packed up the car, stopped by Eatsy's for a sandwich and hit the road. It was a really easy drive. Thank God, because I'm not sure I would have been able to handle the traffic feeling as tired as I was. 
Honestly, I could have slept, but uh, I, I made it. I made it to Austin. And as I mentioned earlier, the second I arrived, I hit the couch and just relaxed. I really needed that so badly. I had something every second of every day this week. So Friday, I just hit a wall and needed to lay down. I didn't even watch TV. The TV was on, but I just like was sort of zoned out and just laid there. (laughs) Friday night, we had an early dinner at Chi in Austin, which is spelled QI, if you're wanting to check it out. It was started by the people who opened Lin Asian Diner and features an upscale Chinese menu. Chi has a more spacious restaurant with an attractive cocktail bar, and it also has the second bar area where you can eat and watch them prepare dumplings. My mom and I were talking, and we thought that would be a really cute spot for a date. I always love an activity date, so if there's not, if your conversation isn't flowing super well and there's something else that you can watch or that'll help stir up some conversation, that's always great to do on a date. And so something like this place is great because say you're talking to the guy and the conversation is stalling or you're having trouble getting something out of him, um, you can always focus on the dumplings being made or at least have that be an icebreaker to start. Speaking of starters, we ordered the zucchini salad, which is so fresh and delicious. It's basically thin strips of zucchini and a lemon vinaigrette topped with these goji berries and mushrooms. And the add-ons sound like a weird combo, but it's really a wonderful combination of flavors. I definitely think I could make the zucchini strips and lemon vinaigrette at home for lunch or dinner. It seems like it would be super easy, healthy, and it's so refreshing and light. It is really very good. So Uh, Definitely try that if you're going. It's a nice light thing because a lot of the menu items are a little heavier. They've got a lot of dumplings, noodles, rice, that kind of thing. They also brought us their chicken lettuce wraps to try, which were special on the menu that night and super tasty. So if you ever see them, order those. They're basically just a more gourmet version of P.F. Chang's lettuce wraps, but very fresh and hearty and delicious. We also ordered the Shanghai Soup Dumplings, also known as Xiaolong Bao, and those are not to be missed. We found out they actually do a dim sum lunch on the weekends, which I'm hoping we can do when I'm back in Austin over the Christmas holiday because my mom and I had the best dim sum lunch one time when we were in San Francisco and we were talking to Sonny, the guy at Chi, and he was like, yeah, we do something similar on Saturdays and Sundays. It's kind of their version of brunch. I just love dim sum. I love dumplings, all kinds of dumplings. So (laughs) I'm definitely eager to go back and do that. For my entree, I tried something new and ordered these Zha Zhang noodles. I hope I'm saying that right, which were pretty good, but I probably wouldn't get them again. And only because I would describe them as a Chinese spaghetti and meat sauce. The meat sauce was very good. Like it really was good, but I think I would have preferred a different noodle. I'm just not a big spaghetti gal. My mom always loves to order the vegetable bird's nest, beautiful, colorful vegetables in this. There's got to be bread or some kind of starchy thing in it, but it's like they make a nest out of this stuff. Anyway, she loves that. Morris always gets the combination fried rice, but this time he also got the salt and pepper lobster and said that was fantastic. And then we also ordered dessert. So Morris got the Fly Me to the Blue Moon, which featured a blue meringue sandwich filled with yuzu ice cream. And I was shocked, but he actually loved it. He's kind of a picky eater, but he does love lemon flavors and yuzu is sort of a citrus flavor. So he ended up really loving it. I got this passion fruit ice cream and it came in the shape of a hedgehog. It was super cute. The ice cream was okay. It was just really hard. It, it, it was obviously just like sitting in the freezer forever. I probably wouldn't order it again, but it was a very cute picture moment. 
Uh, but we always have a great meal at Chi. Definitely recommend it if you love Chinese food. It's a great spot to go before a night out because it is a little more elevated. It's not it's not your typical Chinese restaurant, like ordering out, that kind of thing. It's a sit-down place with delicious food. So definitely check that out. After dinner, I went to sleep almost immediately. I'm telling you, I think it was asleep by 8.15 or 8.30. The craziness of this week finally caught up with me and I couldn't stay up any longer. I slept all night, which is great. I feel like these days, sometimes I get up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep, but I was so tired, slept the whole night, but naturally I woke up pretty early since I went to bed so early. That worked out well though, because my mom had gotten us tickets to the Christmas affair and she got the ones that allowed us to shop before it opened to the public at 10. We got there at 8.30 and took our time walking up and down each aisle to find gifts and other goodies. I'll share some of the stuff we found in recs and reviews, but if you've never been to or heard of Christmas Affair, it's basically an event put on by the Junior League of Austin that showcases dozens of food, gift, clothing, art, jewelry, and other vendors in one spot so people can shop before the holidays and sales benefit the Junior League of Austin. So it always happens the week and weekend before Thanksgiving, and I'm usually never back in Austin that early before the holiday. I used to go all the time growing up, like every year. But really since college, I don't think I've been. So it's been at least a decade, probably more since I've been back for it. I am glad it worked out that I was coming in early this year because I had so much fun with my mom this morning. I will admit it's not quite as festive as it once was. They used to go all out with decorations and the vendors were all usually very Christmassy or gift oriented. Now they kind of have They still have some of those gifty people and lots of good food vendors, but they also have like a Snake Venom skincare brand and a Lash Studio. I don't know. It's just like kind of a weird hodgepodge of vendors now. It's not really specific to Christmas gifts, but we did end up with some good stuff. So I'll share that in the next segment. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know I'm going to be recording with my sister this week for next week's episode. It's been a while since she came on the podcast, might have actually been the holidays this time last year. (laughs) So I'm excited to have her on as one of my holiday guests. And then after that, I've got another fun Q&A coming to you while I am in Europe. So don't worry, I'm not skipping any weeks over here. And since this is as good a time as any, if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider giving Beck and Call a five-star rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts. These ratings and reviews make a huge difference and mean so much to me as I continue to grow this podcast. I read and appreciate every single review. So thank you so much in advance for your support um, and for following along and listening and all of that. I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. This week's Rex and Reviews is a little unconventional, mostly because I didn't have any time to watch TV or listen to any audiobooks this week. It was chaotic, to say the least. But instead of not having a Rex and Reviews segment, I'm going to do Rex and Reviews for other things in my life, namely food and the things we found at the Christmas affair. So if you listen to my podcast in the last several months, you'll probably know one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is the Blonde Files podcast by Ariel Laurie. It's all about wellness from gut health and fitness to skincare and plastic surgery. She covers all kinds of topics and hosts guests who are experts in their field to discuss various trends and hot topics based on, you know, whatever subject they're an expert on. One episode I listened to recently was about gut health and reducing bloating and inflammation. And the expert she had on, who I'm blanking on at the moment, recommended you start your day with something warm versus something cold. 
So apparently drinking something warm helps wake up your digestive system and gets it going for the day, whereas when you drink a cold beverage, it does the opposite. He said drinking cold things like smoothies or ice water first thing in the morning can cause serious bloating, while drinking warm things instead, like I said, will help get things going. It like lubricates your digestive tract and keeps things moving. I've been drinking my athletic greens first thing in the morning, which is basically very cold water. So now I've decided to start drinking that after my workouts instead. And in the morning, right when I wake up, I have a mug of bone broth that I've heated up in the microwave. I've only been doing it the last few days, but I'm enjoying it so far. And I've been getting so many questions on Instagram. So I wanted to talk about it here. It's actually very filling and it's kind of been serving as my breakfast, which I'll then follow by the athletic greens after my workout. And then again, I'll be hungry at around lunchtime at noon. So Um, I find that this combination of the two beverages and then water, it pretty much keeps me full until lunchtime. And then I'm just eating food between noon and 8 p.m. So I guess I'm kind of intermittent fasting. I've been eating pretty big breakfast lately and decided to pull back on that because I still have a few pandemic pounds I'd like to lose. But anyway, I've only been doing this for a few days, so I don't have anything major to report. But I just wanted to tell y'all because, like I said, got a lot of questions on Instagram about it the last few days. I'm not making my own broth, but I'm buying it at Central Market, and I've been buying the brand Zoop, spelled Z-O-U-P, and so far I've only had the chicken bone broth, but they also have beef and I think a mixture of other ones. Anyway, um, that's what I'm doing, but I I haven't seen any major benefits yet except for that, you know, I guess my stomach is flatter in the morning when I'm not eating a a huge breakfast, so (laughs) I guess there's that. While we're on the subject of food, I've recently discovered I love eggplant. So eggplant is one of those vegetables that has always intimidated me, but my mom loves it and I thought I'd give it a try. I just Googled roasted eggplant and a recipe by a website called Wholesome Yum popped up and looked pretty appetizing. So this is all you do. You heat the oven to 400, slice the eggplant into circles, add olive oil, salt, pepper, and garlic powder and roast for 35 minutes. So easy. It tastes great. I also love to dip those rounds into marinara sauce, but honestly, it tastes great on its own with that garlic powder, salt, and pepper. It's perfect as a side, or if you love veggies like I do, a very healthy entree and super quick and easy to make. So I thought I'd pass that along if you are interested in mixing things up. Obviously, not a cook over here. And the recipe, like I said, I got from wholesomeyum.com. So if you want to Google it, you can find it there. But anyway, love an eggplant. Now that we've gotten those food items out of the way, let's talk about what we found at the Christmas affair. So one thing my mom and I both bought were these Hermes styrofoam cups from Sassy Cups. They had like, I want to say over a hundred different styrofoam cups with so many cute logos, phrases, sports teams. Um, They had Thanksgiving and Christmas themed cups. They had fashion designers. They had Chanel, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Hermes. They had funny phrases pertaining to parties and alcohol. They really had so many great cups. And my mom and I each got Hermes cups for us. And I we got a third one for Alexandra because she loves Hermes. And they make such a great gift or just something fun to have on hand when you have friends over for happy hour. I, I'm just, they're so cute. They even had a Real Housewives of Westlake and other Austin area neighborhoods, which was super cute. It had the Real Housewives from Bravo emblem with like pink ladies. Anyway, super, super cute. Loved those. Um, I think you can shop them on sassycups.com. I'm not sure where they're based, but anyway, that's the company. 
And then my mom also bought a few of these things called lounge pouches, which are basically these big inflatable lounge chairs you can put anywhere. You don't need any kind of pump. You just draw air into it by pulling the pouch in one direction and then like not sewing it up, but kind of tighten it so the air doesn't get out. It fills up so quickly, so easy. You can use them on the ground, in the water, as a float, really anywhere. They're pretty genius, and I thought they'd make a great gift idea for someone who loves to go camping, hunting, or just spends a lot of time outside. They are really, they fold up really small so you can travel with them easily, or they're perfect for keeping in your car just in case you need to have some kind of seating available outside. There you go. Um, You can go to loungepouch.com for more information or to order, but I just thought it was really clever. My mom and I also bought some dog treats at Doggy Express, and of course, I couldn't wait to give one to Reese's when we got home, and she loved the treat. I got her one that said naughty on it, because obviously, (laughs) but they had mini treats with festive decorations like a Christmas tree, a Santa head, etc. Super cute, but you can go to thedoggyexpress.com for more information, but they've actually got a store in Houston in the Heights if you want to check it out in person. And I don't think online they have the Christmas ones, so you may have to go in store for that if you wanted to check that out. But um, they're Reese's approved. She loved her treat. We also got cookies for ourselves from this place called Teddy V Patisserie. These yummy cookies are kind of like the ones from Levain in New York, so super thick, dense, and moist. We got a package of chopped up cookies featuring chocolate chip and walnut chocolate chip. And the walnut chocolate chip was my favorite because they had a little more saltiness to them, which I love on a cookie. And I just love a walnut. I think that texture is a really nice addition to a cookie. The way they were cut was also kind of genius. So the whole cookies are huge. If you've ever had a Levain cookie, you know, they're just enormous. You fill up so quickly. And so the company quarters them and puts them in bags. And it's like the perfect bite sized piece. Naturally, I had more than one of them, but what can I say? They're delicious. (laughs) Like Levain, Teddy V Patisserie sells their frozen cookie dough balls at Central Market. So check them out at a store near you. They are in Austin, but they don't have a storefront. Like they sell, I think at the Austin Farmer's Market and at a couple um, coffee shops. You may want to check their website to see what, where they're, where they are currently. But um, the name of the cookies it's Teddy V Patisserie. We also stopped by Katie Kime and Sunshine Tienda. They had a bunch of jewelry shops and things like that. Katie Kime makes the cutest printed pajamas. They have hand towels, trays, and more. And then Sunshine Tienda is known for their darling straw hats and jewelry. Both have really great gift ideas if you're looking for something unique to give a sister, your girlfriends, or your mom. So check both of those out as well. guys we've got liza here and gina her wedding planner welcome to the beck and call podcast hi hi everyone thank you so much for coming on so gina why don't you tell everybody a little bit about how you got started wedding planning tell us about your business and all of that good stuff for sure um i have been wedding planning for 18 years now and all in austin and i started here with a larger company um, that i was a part of for over a decade. And then I reached out and started my own. That's so exciting. About years ago. Yeah. How did you and Liza get connected? 
Gina did my sister's wedding. I don't know if some of y'all saw that, but it was right after the snowpocalypse. So I knew that, you know, obviously Gina, my sister and my family worked so well together. And after going through that and going through COVID and a venue change, I wanted someone that, you know, who is obviously organized and on top of it and has, you know, similar vision. But I just also wanted someone who I knew could, you know, get shit done, if, you know, <laughs> something were to happen. And Gina like totally came through. We called her our genie. You wanted somebody you knew could handle it. Yes. Yes. Because wedding planning is, you just never know. And when I saw Liza got engaged on Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, please call me. Please call me. And then she did. It was great. And shortly after. So one question I got a lot. So I, I asked my Instagram audience kind of what questions they had for you. And one that was repeatedly asked was, what are your tips for finding a wedding planner? Like, what would you recommend people ask when they are looking for one? Cause I've had, yeah. I've heard of a lot of people having bad experiences with wedding planners. So going into it, what are a few things that you would recommend doing? Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel that it has to be a really great fit both ways. Um, and looking for a planner that you just want to be around. If your planner should not stress you out, you will not get the engagement period of your life back. It's a really special time and you should be able to enjoy it. So just finding someone that you totally click with um, and that's a really good listener. And that, because like anybody can have a beautiful wedding. You know, it's like we've had, we have so many tools now that anybody can be like, this is the wedding I want. But I challenge clients to find the wedding that's theirs that they'll look at their photos like 50 years and be like, I would not have changed one thing. It was still so me and so personal. And so, yeah, just somebody that will really listen and be a good fit and respect um, your decisions. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're a creative, like inspire you to be more creative. Um, and if you have no clue what you want, just really try to get that out of you. So what are the wedding planners versus brides roles in planning details and getting vendors, choosing vendors, all of that stuff? I can speak to how I like to work with clients and I like to be as involved with everything as I can, but with respect to what they want, because it's not my wedding. You know, I, I had my perfect wedding. I want people to walk in and not go, oh my God, so-and-so to the flowers and oh, I know this is so-and-so's wedding. You can see like her details everywhere. It's like, no, you want to walk in. And like, like when you walked into Liza and Hunter's wedding, it looked like both of them. It was like a representation of both of them. And I think that's super, super important. It was super important to Liza because she's, you know, been to those weddings where it was all about the bride and her mom. And so I, I just think really going into it with, you're going to do this, I'm going to do this. And just having that constant communication, like never limiting communication. And like Liza would text me ideas at all hours. And I love that because I'm like, sorry, I was like, God. <laughs> in the middle of the night because I had an idea. And if I didn't text her right You'd then, forget. I would forget about it. So yeah. I and I, I encourage that. I, I really encourage that. I, my, you know, my do not disturb is on. So you're not like disturbing me, but I feel like I would do the same to Liza. Am I like, I was out, like, I love to travel and Liza and I share a lot of the same passions about, you know, food, especially and drinks. So you know, we would send pictures to each other and like, what do you think about this? And what do you think about this? And it, it just, it's a really great relationship. So I just say, you know, tons of communication and really knowing what the other one is doing. I always am a very big advocate for, 
every day you should feel like you know what you're paying your planner for. Mm-hmm. Not why am I doing all this? Like, what is she actually doing? Right. Um, and also I'm a big advocate for, if you want to talk about your welcome bags and you got engaged last week, let's talk about your welcome bags. Like, sure. We don't have a video yet, but let's, you know, if that's what you're super excited about, let's like talk about it a little bit and, and have some fun with it. By the way, the welcome bags were a hit. Those uh, <laughs> I literally was sitting in an Airbnb and put all of those together. So all credit goes to her for that. Oh, well. oh my gosh. They were so fun. I'm, I'm a very big, yeah, like welcome bag person. It's like either do them great or don't do them. Like write a handwritten note and, you know, leave, you know, something small for somebody or, you know, do one like Liza and Hunter's that was super, super fun. Yeah. And very um, local and had all the trappings of Texas and margaritas and cigars mm-hmm. and all of that. I mean, and the cigar, like that is a perfect touch that adds that masculinity into it that I think, and that was all like Liza. I don't even remember. It, I think it was a text. <laughs> like yeah. oh, we have to have a cigar. By the way, I want cigars in there and you're like, okay, got it. Yeah. Check. Hunter loves cigars. Done. Yeah. So one of my favorite things about the wedding when I was there was how people were saying, oh, this wedding is so Liza. Like yeah. they just knew it was you and you have yeah. such a vision for this stuff. So can you tell people kind of how you came up with the inspiration for the flowers. Like oh, I feel gosh. like you knew what you wanted. Yeah. I mean, I, the way I started was just, you know, scrolling on Pinterest for hours and kind of searching certain words like fall wedding. But then, you know, there was things that would come up that were super moody and like dark. And I immediately told Gina that is, you know, I, I was so excited to get married in October, but I didn't want this super like rustic fall wedding right. necessarily. Um, and so I told her I was kind of leaning towards late summer, early fall colors that were a little bit brighter, kind of more pinks and purples and yellows, but I was very specific about the yellow. I didn't want it to be too bright. I wanted it to be more, you know, marigold, but not mustard and just being really specific about that. Um, but I basically just found a bunch of Pinterest boards or even just colors from invitations that I liked that I was kind of wanting to mimic with the flowers. Um, but Gina definitely helped me kind of like figure out what I wanted. And same with my florist, botanical number nine, Wendy, she was really great about, you know, pulling flowers and pulling inspiration just from what I had sent her from different places. Um, and we kind of just had like one meeting on that, I think. And then we went to go see them and she nailed it first time. So, yeah, I think it was not even an in-person meeting. I think we did a like a zoom with, yeah, with your mom and just, she nailed it. I mean, you knew what you wanted. And a lot of brides will come to me like, well, I don't like this. I don't like this. Liza was like, no, this is what I want. Here are the colors. Mm-hmm. And Wendy just like, I mean, the mock-up took like minutes because you walked in and you're like, that's it. That's it was perfect. Meant to be. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And a lot, and a lot of texture and a lot of movement. Like you didn't want anything that was like super tight and no, botanical. Yeah. She did a great job though. Okay. So Gina, in your experience as a wedding planner, what are some of the most challenging details to nail down for a wedding? Wow. Um, That's I a big question. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm like, um, I feel like the details are so fun for me. So I don't typically find them challenging. Um, I do find clients challenging when it is very much run by just like the bride. And that's like, well, let's, you know, get some details that represent the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Like, let's get some of that in or some, some stuff that are, you know, family traditions. How can we imply those? Um, So that's typically a challenge. I would say the biggest challenge though, 
honestly, of every single event I do is transportation. It's, um, and I know it's not like a fun detail, but transportation is something that is just, yeah, super stressful, super hard. You know, I know nobody wants to get on a bus, but you know, we need to get on a bus. So let's make the buses fun. And yeah. Um, let's hope the driver doesn't get lost and they don't, you know, it's like all of the things that are not in my control is that's why it's so challenging because I cannot physically drive the bus and help Liza get in her dress. Mm-hmm. So and I would say that's super challenging and weather. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Control it. Yep. Yeah. You've been through enough of that. No, <laughs> I know. Apocalypse and then yeah. your wedding wind. Wind. Was, Windy. Yeah. But it didn't, it kind of died down at just the right time. It was, it was windy during the ceremony, but it died down like right before, before the reception. The, right. Yeah. And you can only use like certain types of tents and the wind. And it, it was, um, yeah. Cause if you used a different type of tent, we would, it would have blown away. Like it would mm-hmm. not have worked where Eliza's wedding was. So, right. and I mean, rain too. I, that was my biggest worry was that it was going to rain the entire time. Cause we were kind of watching the farmer's almanac. We're big believers in that. <laughs> And, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like a book <laughs> all the farmers use and it's 85% of the time it's right. Something like that. Um, and we were looking for October and it kept saying it was going to rain that weekend. Oh gosh. And so we were a little bit worried, but it ended up not raining. So we're all good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so my next question for you, because the wind was sort of unpredictable, is that why you went with doing your hair up? I had a few questions about that. I did. I think I wanted my hair down when I first tried on my dress because my hair was down at that point. And then once I started doing my dress try-ons, I kind of started playing with my hair different ways down, half up, half down, up one time. Like I did like a low pony or not a low ponytail, like a, a sleek low bun, um, and kind of messed around with it each time. But I, the wind was one of the reasons why like day of that's when I was like, okay, I definitely need to keep it up. I wanted it to be really sleek, um, especially cause I just got my hair colored. So yeah. it was very bright underneath. Normally I wouldn't wear my hair like that, but I had just got my hair highlighted. So it looked good. And did you do a hair trial? No. So okay. I didn't do one. And I, I would recommend that for everyone else, except for me, because my, the hair and makeup team was the same as my sisters and they had done my hair twice already. They did my hair for rehearsal the day before. So that those were kind of like my trials. Okay. okay. Um, and I trusted them and they got it on the first shot and it wasn't like a super difficult, um, hairstyle, but I'm happy that I went with it. Cause I felt like my hair was down or half up, half down. I would have been touching it the entire time and the wind obviously. wind and the veil would have, I don't know. I just, I think that was a good decision, but I did kind of go back and forth with that when I was trying on my dress. So while we're on the topic of the dress, and then we'll get back to some very exciting questions for Gina. Somebody asked, a listener asked when you, now that they've seen the dress, mm-hmm. was that the dress that you were wanting to try on? Like, did you have an idea in mind or were you surprised that that's what you picked? So I've been through the whole trying on dresses before because I've done Deb as you've done too. And that's basically what you try on are wedding dresses. And when I did that, I picked a dress that I didn't even want to try on. And so I thought that maybe this would be the same occurrence. I just was like, Oh, I don't want to have something too stuck in my head because I'm probably going to end up picking something that I don't even want to try on where that doesn't look that good on the rack. But I, with this one, I, it was the, so we went to Monique Lillet in New York. I almost didn't even get into the appointment because they told me, you know, you're a hundredth on the list. If you get in, you'll be lucky. 
And they called us at lunch. We are eating in New York and they asked us if we could be there in 30 minutes. And so we ran there and you could only pick out seven dresses. That was their limit, I guess, just time-wise. They're like, you don't have time to try any more dresses. And so that was the first dress I picked up off the rack because I had seen it on Instagram, um, on the Monique Lily Instagram and knew I really liked it, but I didn't think it was the one when I first pulled it out. And even when I tried it on, I was like obsessed with it, but I, I don't know. I didn't want to like psych myself out or get too in my head about it. Um, or just, I wanted to be open to other dresses. So I kind of tried on a bunch of different styles and honestly just came down to what the wedding was. Cause I tried on another dress at Monique that I really liked, but it was a little bit more, I don't know. It was like tighter. It was kind of like more of a mermaid silhouette. Okay. And it just felt like it was meant to be worn, you know, on a rooftop New York city wedding, not like a hill country, Texas wedding. And so that's kind of what it came down to when I picked it. I just felt that that dress was very me. I love puffy sleeves because I don't like my arms. And so that's just something that I was very specific about and I loved. And it just felt, you know, like a Texas Hill Country wedding dress. The vibe was right. Yes. You wanted the vibe to match the vibe of the wedding, which Definitely. is totally understandable. And that is something that's, I feel like I answered a question about this. Somebody asked if I would ever buy a wedding dress before getting engaged. And I was like, no, because mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going to get married. Like you'd have to figure you out where to, yeah, you have to, it has to match. how dressy it is, mm-hmm. like what time of year, like all of these things come together for you to figure out what dress makes the most sense. So right. anyway, <laughs> I'm glad I asked that. But so Gina, what have you found stresses out brides most during wedding planning? <laughs> oh gosh. Their mom. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds uh, accurate. Um, yeah. I mean, weddings tend to bring out like the worst in people before they bring out the best in people. And this is not specifically about Liza's wedding at all, because I adore Margaret, but just in general, people and especially if they haven't done another, well, yeah, if they haven't done another wedding before, it's a different ball game than if they have, and then they're comparing everything to the other wedding. And that's just not fair to the bride. Like I, I hate it when I get in there and they're like, well, we did this at her sister's wedding. So we have to do this. And, you know, oh, and her brothers, they had this. So we have to have that. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, comparison is the thief of all joy. And so I, I feel like that is a, a big stressor. Um, and then finding the venue. Like, I think the, the hardest things are always at the beginning, like finding your venue and your date and your in coming up with a workable budget. Those three things are always at the beginning. And so I feel a lot of people get discouraged by wedding planning. I'm just like, as long as we get through those three things, it is cake after. And now we just get to have fun. Um, and you've done the hardest part. Like you found somebody in this like crazy sea of humanity we have right now. Like you found your person. That's the hard part. Like, let's have fun now. Yeah, that's great. Another listener question sort of on this topic, since you brought up the venue, is it just impossible to find a Saturday venue right now? <laughs> like, could you? Man. Yeah. Friday wedding. I, I yeah. wanted to get married in Vermont at this one place, Vermont, and they were like basically redoing it all of fall. And so we only had one date this summer and it was a Friday and we were like, that's just not going to work. Yeah. Getting people from Texas to Vermont is not easy. Yeah. No. Um. So it's challenging right now. Um, People are going into 2024, but I will also tell you, I feel like engagement slowed down because of COVID. (laughs) So there wasn't like as much dating. So our engagement slowed a little bit, Um, but I'm really looking forward to 2024. 2023 is pretty tough. Um, 
I always say like the perfect planning time ideally is like nine months, nine to 10 months. Cause you're, you stay excited the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people plan a year out, you know, that's also great. And anything over a year, it's a little challenging. You might get like tired of it and like new trends come out that you like, or new places will open or God forbid places close. So um, it's really, that's, I think a planner comes in really big time because they can tell you like, yeah, this venue is not really booking right now. Like I'm a little worried or I've, you know, we all talk. And so we know like which venue is likely to be sold and not be a venue anymore. So it's really important to get that inside scoop. Gotcha. And another question that I got was about budget, lots of budget questions. So sure. can you share some tips on like how to maximize your budget when you're planning a wedding? Yeah, for sure. Um, I believe in creativity over cash. So how can we get creative with our spending and also what's important to you? And, you know, because bands now range from, you know, five to 6,000 to 50,000. And so it's like, well, where are you in that? And I've had bands, you know, at the topper end, like I'm sorry, at the upper end that don't really even compare to like a band that I've had for 9,000. So it just, it's really, you don't always get what you pay for when it comes to, to bands. So I always tell people to be cautious about that because it's such a big chunk of the budget. And with my clients, I always feel that's their number one priority is, is the music. But there's tons of, yeah, tons of ways to save money. It's just going into it with a budget and knowing what it really is. And don't go into it and look at things that are over your budget. Like you're just setting yourself up kind of for, you know, heartache. So I don't really show my clients things. Um, and one of my, one of my brides was like, well, I, I want to see everything else. And I was like, yeah, but that's like telling me you have, you know, 500,000 for a house and I'm showing you a, a million and a half house. Like, good point. It's just not, it's not fun for anybody. Right. So go into that, have a budget, stick to it and um, get a wedding credit card that you can pay off because the points add up really quickly. And I feel like almost every vendor takes credit cards now. And yeah, just, just know what your priorities are and, and stick to it. And with the dress, because dresses range dramatically. So go into it. And that's a hard sell when you go into a, a bridal salon. They're like, if you get it today, you get 10% off. And if you get it in New York, you can ship it there. And there's no sales tax. There's all these like tiny little ways in every single category to save money. So yeah, just do your homework. I bet it's really hard now with influencers and just the internet and Pinterest and people getting... I mean, it's helpful, of course, for inspiration, but in terms of budget, I bet it's really hard to pe- for people to rein in their ideas when their budget is smaller. Is there any way to like temper that or like, is yeah. there, I don't know. I, I won't do an event without doing someone's budget. I've done it before and it always bit me in the ass. So I won't, I will do a budget for you. And I do two budgets and one is your dream wedding. This is how many people, this is everything you told me you wanted. You know, this is, the dream. And then the other budget is the reality check. And it is, this is how many people you want with the, your budget goal. And then it comes an education process. Like, Hey, maybe these chairs aren't as important to me if they're $15 a chair. I love the $5 chair option. So it's just going through, because at one point when you get to a certain threshold of uh, ultra luxury weddings, you're kind of just gilding the lily. And those tend to not be my clients. My clients really don't gild the lily. Like everything is just perfect and as it should be. And I love that. Um, so yeah. Okay. While we're still on the budget, I have another budget question. What would you say are the biggest ticket items to consider when thinking about your budget for a wedding? And I know that's probably different for everybody because everyone prioritizes things differently and has different wants. But I know you said the wedding is the venue like one of the bigger ticket items? What are some of the other? Venue can be, I would say catering. Um, a really good quick and dirty rule of thumb is if you take, say like 
um, the Four Seasons. They're a $65,000 food and beverage minimum plus plus. You you know add the 25% charge on top of that plus tax. Double that. That's your whole wedding budget. It's a really like because the the catering takes the biggest chunk. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have never it's like little things like that. Like you don't know until you start planning a wedding or, you know, I said I wanted a certain flower for my bouquet and Gina like laughed at me and she was like, you I don't- did. I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, this might be in someone else's, you know, Pinterest board too. Apparently Lily of the Valley is a very expensive flower and it's so delicate that you can't really make a bouquet out of it without adding other things. Okay. And like, that's something that I had no idea was so expensive. But once you get into it, you're like, wow, maybe it's not that important to me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It is the most expensive flower per stem. And, you know, I, you know, the princess cake carried, you know, it's a very, it's a regal flower. It's very English and it's so perfect and delicate. And it's so, so expensive and so, so not hardy for Texas, mm-hmm. but we made it work. What are some items or just things that people have to do that cost money that you wouldn't think cost a lot of money, like some of the details that sneak up on people. I think people are surprised by glassware because you need a lot of, you need a lot of glassware. Like it's, I always, you know, budget for 10 drinks per person at a wedding because there are no lines. It's free. It's fun. You might take a sip and be like, oh, I don't like that signature cocktail. Let me go get something else. Yeah. Um, and I feel, yeah, glassware. Everybody's like, why do we need that many glasses? And I'm like, because do you want to wash dishes? I don't. That's why we're doing that. And just, yeah. And like little detail, like napkins, like napkins have come a long way. Like when I first started, there were not that many options. And now we can have so much fun with napkins, and, but they all, you know, are a cost. Yeah. And I remember Liza, at one point you were wanting to have um, a monogrammed nap. You mentioned or I, that. Ta- I talked about an idea and then Hunter looked at me and was like, that's dumb. <laughs> it was just something I like, I didn't even throw it at Gina because I, okay. once it came to like, and I was like, this is, but it was something you saw on Pinterest, yeah, right? It was something I saw yeah. on Pinterest was like, instead of having, you know, place cards, having everyone's name embroidered on the napkin, but that's just silly. No, but at it's the like the day it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> but... and, so I, and so I would, if you would have told me that I would have said, well, why don't we do that for each bridesmaid and do it at the, you know, the bridal shower and yeah, there's yeah. ways to incorporate it. Um, cause I, and I have done the embroidered napkin and one, the mom was an embroiderer and she did all of the napkins, which was amazing. Cost saving mm-hmm. move right there. Yes. Yeah. And then otherwise it's about 20 to 25 a napkin. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like, no one's going to remember to take their napkin home either. No, and they're dirty. What are we going to do with the dirty napkin? Right. <laughs> stupid <laughs> idea. Sorry. No, not <laughs> it, was, it was a great idea, but yeah, nobody's. Yeah. The ones that I've done with the embroidery is we've done the couple's initials so the couple can keep them or we've done just like the last initial so they could give them to people in their family. That's a cute so they, uh-huh. I take them, get them laundered, get them pressed and mail them out to people. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. I just feel like there's so many great ideas on the internet and it's, it's hard to rein it in because you want all of these wonderful things happening at your wedding. And then you realize, wow, that costs money. Like yeah. costs a lot of money. So. I will say, yeah, like Pinterest kind of killed me when it first came out. Cause I'm very like methodical on my design process and I had to completely change it, which is fine. But it, it, I had brides coming to me and they've already planned their wedding. And I was like, cool. You're not getting married in Napa though. We're getting married in the Driscoll ballroom. Like it's, Mm -hmm. you know, they want all these like beautiful outdoorsy things. And I'm like, but you're in a very like dark ballroom. Like we can't, we can't really do that, but I love your vision. Let's see how it translates and try to make it happen. So yeah, Pinterest is hard. And also the cakes, like 
so many people show like these cakes and they're like so beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, that's a mini like cake and you have 300 people. And so the cost of like that level of detail for a cake for three cakes are another detail that can get wildly um, pricey and fun. Now, since we're on the subject of cakes, I loved your cake. I loved the decoration of the cake, but mm -hmm. the cake itself was a sheet cake in the back, right? Isn't that what people typically do? The cake do? that was served was yes. a sheet cake. Okay. And it was a completely, there was two different people. So Gina, you can explain yeah. more on that. And, and the Cummings family is the only family I've done this for. And I love it because Quirky is right. Um, Quirky loves this cake from this woman in Jacksonville, Texas. Right. Who's quirky? <laughs> I thought quirky was famous. Um, so people like die with this cake. And quirky told me it's the best cake ever. And Margaret, he's like, yes, we have to get this cake. So we got it for Meredith's wedding. And I tasted, I was like, oh my God, this really is the best wedding cake. So we'd done it with Meredith's wedding. And so it, it was no, you know, Liza's gonna have the same cake. It's their family's favorite cake. And this, it's this woman in Jacksonville, Texas. And she, I called her, she was one of the first vendors we booked because we knew we had to have her. And it happened to be her birthday weekend. And so she said she would do it for us. And she spent the weekend in Fredericksburg for her birthday and drove the sheet cakes down. That's so lovely. It was amazing. And then the design, Liza was really specific of the design. And I think this is the first time I've done a mock-up of a cake. Like we did a true mock-up of a layer just to make sure the colors were right. And like we made a couple of little tweaks to it and then it was perfect. Yeah. I just kind of with cakes, you know, it's same thing with Pinterest. You send this Pinterest photo and you want them to make the exact cake or, you know, with these colors. And I just told Gina, I was like, I need to see a mock-up of it. Cause I just need to like, know like what direction she's going in and, you know, have a little bit more, um, say if it's not the right colors or not exactly what I wanted, just things like that, that you plan that you don't really know what it's going to look like until you see it, which was stressing me out. I was like, I need to like, kind of have an idea of what it's going to look like. And she nailed it. It was so, so beautiful. You also wanted it to coordinate with your flowers yes, and everything. So definitely. I can I totally get that. I'm a control freak. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I totally get that. Yeah. Okay. Liza, in your opinion, what part of the wedding planning process was the most stressful? Was it selecting the venue or the guest list? Definitely. Well, in the beginning, I think it was the venue. Cause I just kind of like Gina was saying, I had this vision of getting married in the summer in Vermont. And when we had to change routes on that, I, I don't know, I kind of like had like a freak out moment. Cause I'm someone who like grew up, like loving father, the bride and like romanticizing weddings and kind of always pictured what I thought my wedding would look like. And kind of over the last few years thought that that was what I wanted to do. So when we had to change that, I had a little freak out but Gina stuck by me and so did Hunter. Thank God. Um, and you know, we just decided let's get married in Fredericksburg because my parents are moving there. And that was, that was like one of the stressful things in the beginning, just because it's such a big decision and completely changes the wedding or the vibe, um, that you're going for. But yeah, I would say guest list was more stressful just because, you know, you start out, we started out, I think closer to 300 was the guest count and it ended up being, or like, then we ended up changing it to 250 um, just because, you know, budgeting stuff that we wanted to put more money into and the less guests you have or the more you get to spend per head. And so we, I don't know, I, I can't like say too much about it because I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, that they were obligated to be invited. Like everyone that was there was all of our good friends and all of our good family, but me and Hunter kind of made a guest list at first. And then my 
parents added all their friends in and, you know, guest ones we started to look at, we're like, okay, so-and-so has been dating this girl for a year. Do we invite her? Mm -hmm. It was kind of one of those things like back and forth. Um, yeah, the guest list was tough. Well, it adds up. Yeah, it does. And you know, a lot of people. Yeah, (laughs) we do. We know a lot of people from different areas of life. And And you had, I mean, there's, yeah, y'all been together for so long. So that of course added up, but also the venue's capacity for the Mm -hmm. ceremony was, was really challenging. It wasn't as as big as we needed. And so I think that was, I mean, that was stressful for me because I want my brides to have everything they want. And that was stressful, (laughs) like having to get the ceremony down. Mm-hmm. But anybody I've, I've talked to, like friends planning a wedding, they, you know, warned me that the guest list was when you start to kind of not fight necessarily, but kind of get into little quarrels with your parents mm-hmm. about things. Like that's one of those things that I kind of, you know, look back now and I was like, I shouldn't have made it that big of a deal. Um, well, it's hard because you want people, everybody wants like the people that they know there and those invitations that have to go out to your, you know, parents, like business associates that they've been in their life for years that you necessarily don't want at their, you don't want at the wedding, but it's important to your parents and they're hosting. You are not the only one that has gone through that. I feel like it is one of the most stressful things at the beginning because everybody else has a different idea of how many people should be at the wedding and who should be there. Um, And then you get the in-laws involved. And I'm a very big believer in blood deals with blood. So if, you know, the groom's mom was like wanting this, it's like, well, the groom needs to deal with that. Like the bride never has to call the groom's mom and be like, you need to get your list down to 25. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I think that's something everyone should probably know. Yes. Yeah. What deals with blood goes into your marriage as well. I say it to my husband plenty <laughs> of time. Oh my God. That is some very good advice. Yeah. I mean, just guest list in general was pretty tough. Um, yeah. So how did you balance out what you and Hunter wanted Versus what your parents wanted, what your in-laws wanted. Mm-hmm. How, how did that go? Well, I guess Hunter really didn't have that many strong opinions about things other than he, you know, wanted kind of some of those masculine touches. He didn't want to walk into, I mean, there were a lot of pink flowers, yeah. but he, <laughs> he didn't want it to be this pink and green wedding, which I totally understand. Um, but yeah, he didn't have a ton of I don't know, opinions, which is good. And anytime I did kind of ask him about something, I, I could tell it was really stressing him out. He's kind of bad at making decisions okay. <laughs> um, on the spot, which is a lot of wedding planning. It's just making decisions and sticking with those decisions. But wine, he cared about the wine. He cared about the wine, the food. The like, food yeah. and the tequila. Yeah. 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 The tequila. Yeah. What brand tequila? Um, the carrot cake. He wanted carrot cake at some point. Yeah. He, he really wasn't like that picky, which is great. I feel yeah. like you, if I had it the other way, I probably would have had some issues. Cause I'm very, um, I'm a control freak definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, you had a vision. Yes, definitely <laughs> had a vision. Um, and with his parents, they basically, they were in charge of rehearsal dinner. So my parents were more involved in the wedding. They were more involved in rehearsal dinner and Hunter's parents were divorced, but they get along great. We asked, you know, both of them and Hunter's dad, really didn't have many opinions either. I guess that's the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. Um, so his dad was just so nice and was like, you know, whatever lies in Hunter want. So that was pretty easy to deal with. And Hunter's mom had some opinions, um, but nothing like she has some, you know, food allergies. So she was very involved in the food just to make sure that there was something she could eat and other people too, who had those allergies. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, kind of what Gina said, if there was something with my parents, I spoke to them and Hunter's parents, he spoke to them and it all worked out. It all worked out. Yeah. So who came up with the ice shot bell throwing thing? <laughs> so I had seen this at someone else's wedding on Instagram. And then I know that my sister, my brother-in-law, John went to another wedding where they had this and he played football for TCU. So he's very competitive and apparently like hit the bell seven times that night and was getting really like ramped up about it and had the best <laughs> night, probably so hung over the next day, but he, they couldn't stop talking about how fun it was. And that's yeah. like a, something they hadn't seen at weddings. And then I saw one on someone else's Instagram and I was like, okay, I definitely want that. I don't know what Boot Ranch has to say about it, but we're going to make it work Yeah, just because I, you know, I've been to a lot of beautiful weddings and that's a big part of it, but also making it fun for everybody. Just some type of activity other than dancing. Not everyone likes to dance and sing. Um, So I kind of wanted something that would draw a crowd and make people excited. And the shots didn't have straight liquor in it, which is good. They had like, what was it? Ranch water and then something else. Yeah. He wanted to do a cosmopolitan and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what the other one was. Yeah. It was ranch water and oh, a whiskey one, a whiskey sour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was That's that. what I had. Cause when I, when I went up, I think they were out of the, the ranch, ranch water. water. Yes. Yeah. Cause yeah. we didn't want the straight alcohol and I don't know. It was mm-hmm. so fun. When Liza sent me the video, she's like, we want this. And I was like, okay, we can make that happen. <laughs> Doesn't seem too challenging. I think that there's a restaurant though in Dallas too that has it. Okay. Yeah. It's called like Los Federales. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because someone told me that whenever they came to the wedding, they're like, oh, they have this at a restaurant in Dallas. And I had no idea. So I guess we could say we stole it from them too. Yeah. Well, there's no original ideas. Everything's inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> um, and somebody did break a light at one point. I don't know if you knew oh, that. No. Someone, I didn't even know that happened. A li- one of the light bulbs, like someone had, it was a really bad throw, I guess. And it oh, oh, one no. of the light bulbs. Yeah. And it was like sparking. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, okay. Maybe we cut everyone off now. <laughs> no way. Not doing yeah. that. What were some of your other favorite details at the wedding? Um, some of my favorite details, obviously we've talked about cake, flowers, the band. I know you kind of spoke about that in the podcast after the wedding The band was amazing. They were phenomenal. They, you know, I had a do not playlist and a must playlist and they stuck to it. Like I know that some people will make those and they, you know, are still playing 24 karat by Bruno Mars yeah. and the bride's like, no, <laughs> um, and you got were, your wish. Yes. They played, uh, Harry Styles for me. And I actually heard them practicing whenever we were getting ready, yeah. like practicing the song. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Cause I didn't know if they were going to do it or not. Um, they also played it or the band wasn't playing, but it was just, I guess the DJ had the song going mm-hmm. before the band started playing. Like yeah. it was like the first, when we came in to the tent, they started playing that and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're finally, they're going to do it. They were so. so easy to work with too. Cause sometimes a lot of um, performance fans can be total divas and awful to work with and not care about a do not playlist. You know, they have their set list and that's what they do every weekend. And they were not like that. They were so easy to work with, went with the flow, you know, cause we all plan as best as we can, but you know, their timelines are fluid and change a little as the night goes on. And they were so great. Like I want to work with them all of the time. They were amazing. I mean, I was singing my heart out. Mm -hmm. I wasn't on the dance floor much, but I was like noodling in place. That's that's usually what I do. I'll have my drink and stand by a cocktail table and dance. And 
just sit. I was singing along to every song. Every song was great. Every singer was great. I felt like every single one of them was a performer, even though they weren't all performing at the same time. Sometimes, I mean, they all had their own songs. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. I loved that. And they even sent over like a dress code. They're like, here are options for dresses. What do you want us to wear? And I was like, yeah. I've never been asked that in 18 years. I was like, and this is what you're going to wear. Like, it was just really, awesome. it was, it was next level. Okay. Yeah. So what was the band called? I'm sure people uh, ask. Blue, Blue Rhythm, Rhythm. But it's what is it? Is it Elon or Elon? Elon, Elon Artists books them. They're one of their booking agents. Yeah. Blue Blue Rhythm Band out of New Orleans. I'm mm-hmm. sticking that in my back pocket. Yeah. The horn, <laughs> the horn section was very important to me. So looking at bands, I was like, we must have a horn section just because I think it makes it more of a party. And a what section? A horn section. Oh, like, uh, <laughs> like, like trumpets and trumpets stuff. Trumpets okay. and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I was a little confused for a second, but, um, what's something you wish you would have known before going into planning your wedding? Um, I don't know. I guess we've talked about how expensive things are and, you know, Pinterest boards are not reality and Instagram is not reality. Um, but I feel like a lot of people kept telling me, you know, this weekend goes by so fast, live in the moment be present, take it all in. And I was so annoyed of people telling me that just because I'm like, okay, yes, I get it. Whatever. I'm, I'm taking it in and I'm having fun. And the weekend went by so quick and so fast. Whenever we did our exit, I like looked at Hunter and I was like, that was it. We've, you know, been planning for a year for this one day and now it's over and it was the best day ever. I, I don't think that your wedding day should go by slow. You're not having fun if it is, but, um, I didn't really take anyone's advice with that. I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take it all in and whatever. But, um, yeah, I've, I wish that I would have been a little bit more present because I feel like I was a little, I don't know, you you talk to so many people and, you know, you're doing something constantly at all times of the day. And I wish I would have like people, the advice people gave me, I didn't really like sit there and take it in at some point. but yeah, I mean, that's not something I guess I wish I'd have known because people did keep telling me that. I just didn't really listen. Now, what were some of y'all's favorite things to plan as you were planning? Favorite things stationary to plan. for sure. Stationary was a big one. That was so um, fun. It was yeah, and it was something that I was like at first I was like, oh, it's not that important to me. And then as we started doing it, I got way more into it just because it was one of the first things that you do for your wedding that really does put out there what you're having or what people should expect, right. I guess. Um, and it's something, you know, that you keep your entire life. We're probably going to end up framing our invitations and stuff like that. One of my really good friends actually got me a plate that has our invitation on it. It's kind That's of like long. a little like ring dish. It's really cute. Um, so yeah, that was really important to me and something that we had a lot of fun with and went back and forth on for months and it turned out just how I wanted it, which is great. Um, something else that was really fun. Rehearsal dinner was fun to plan because it was a little bit more casual and it really was, you know, welcoming everyone to Fredericksburg and a lot of people hadn't been there before. I know you said you had never been there. Um, Driven through it, but I don't think I'd ever spent any time there. Yeah. And that, I feel like that's the case for a lot of people, unless you went to camp and hunt or something like that, you don't really drive through Fredericksburg. Um, so planning the rehearsal dinner was really fun and, um, getting ready for the day. Like that was really fun. Like picking out my bridesmaids robes and, you know, like 
the little like things that I wanted for the day and the playlist that I wanted to be playing and just the vibe that I was going for for wedding day was really fun to plan. Oh, that's a question I never asked you or we never got to another time. Uh, did you get your bridesmaids a gift? What are the robes yes. a gift? So I gave them earrings as a gift um, just because their dresses were different. I I mean, I don't like matchy-matchy, but I just wanted to get a pair of earrings that would look good with all their dresses and you know that they can wear to other weddings and stuff like that. Um, what did you decide on? They were like these floral, it was called M. Donahue is the brand. And um, I can't remember where I found them. I think I stumbled across them on Instagram, but I think they're based in Houston and that's why they popped up. Um, And they were just kind of like these like flower gold clusters with a little pearl. Pretty. It almost looked like it was copying um, Jennifer Bear because they were as expensive, (laughs) which is nice. Um, But I gave those earrings to my bridesmaids. Oh, and the robes too. Yeah. And the robes were great. And I think it gave, it gave the continuity to the look because everybody yeah. was in different dresses. It gave a great continuity. I loved it. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. The food, the food was the most fun though. Let's be real. The food yeah. was, I feel like there's so many details. I'm just like skipping over because I'm trying to narrow there's it down so to many. one answer Yeah, so I can be a little bit more concise, but that's not really working. <laughs> the food was great. Yeah. We had, what was it? The truffle. I missed all of the hors d'oeuvres because I wasn't there. Truffle deviled eggs. Truffle deviled Very eggs. Good. Had those. The quail poppers was yep. that one. And, and there then, was a beet and goat cheese crostini. Yes. Um, and then there was those little oysters. cheese boards, the oysters. Yes. Oh, the Very oysters popular. were great. Yeah. And I loved that setup. I just thought that the ice block with the florals inside, I thought that was beautiful. And that was another, yeah, another Liza idea. She sent it the picture of it it's not on Instagram uh-huh. of course you did <laughs> my sister sent it to me and then she was like you should do this and I was like on it sending it to Gina yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we made it yours and put your flowers in there and it was yes. so cool yeah it was really neat it was a good display yeah all the food was really good and I'm trying to think what was served for dinner is mashed potatoes and prime rib Prime rib, there was a butternut squash soup, there was a salad, there was redfish or red snapper. Mm-hmm. Redfish with ratatouille. Um, ratatouille. Yes. I wanted to say booyah base and I was like, no, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> My mom was very big on the ratatouille. Yes. She really she really wanted that for some reason. And so we let her have it. Yeah, we because we spent your private time when while you were eating with me bustling your dress and Hunter feeding uh, you a little. And yes. Yeah. We basically, yeah, we didn't really sit down no. to eat. The bustling of my dress was I mean, Gina mm-hmm. can say it was very difficult. Really? It was an yeah. intense bustle. Yeah. Cause usually like an American or French bustle, it's like one or like five to seven. And how, I mean, this was layers and, oh, and they weren't, they were all, they weren't color coded or numbered. So everything was clear that <laughs> so you had to like oh. match up like a white ribbon with a clear little, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, the lighting's not great. And no. we, we made I it happen. Not- yeah <laughs> and it wasn't um, like reinforced I was like Liza this is all going to come out I will safety pin you she's like okay yeah. I was just <laughs> like I mean I'm not going to wear the dress again obviously we want to keep it yeah yeah it wasn't that big of a deal at the end of the day it all worked out but I'm trying to think of ask a question about um my favorite parts of the or the wedding like details oh yeah the Bellinis was one that I was going to talk about which I didn't really even get to drink it that much because you know when you're on the dance floor it's an orange slushy. Essentially. I didn't want to slosh it around or get yeah. it on my dress or get it on someone else. And I had like one, I think right when we walked in and we were talking to people, um, but everyone kept commenting how good they were because I brought a Hudson house 
frozen Bellini from Dallas to Fredericksburg so that the chef could try it and make it up. Yeah. Cause I, he tried to execute it at first at one of our tastings it wasn't. and I was like, no, 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 this is not, this is not what I'm imagining. And so I just brought him one instead so he could like taste it and figure it out yeah. from there, but he did a great job. Yeah. I mean, it was commitment. Wait. I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to try one of the frozen ones, but we mm-hmm. got, we got them as we got off the bus, which was yes. a nice detail. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And the orange wine. <laughs> yeah. That was something very last minute that I asked Gina and she was like, yes, love orange wine. Well, perfect. Yeah. It was perfect for us while we were sitting out there. Mm-hmm. So Gina, was this your first time planning a wedding in Fredericksburg or had you done <laughs> one out there? No, I had, okay. I've done them out there before. And actually, um, Liza's mom and sister, had gone to the wedding that I'd planned out there before. Um, so they had already seen like the execution of what I, what I could do out there. And so they could kind of take from that wedding and be like, okay, this is, this is what we can do out here in Fredericksburg. Mm -hmm. So one last question for you, can you share some tips on how to make your wedding unique? I mean, I send my couples a wedding questionnaire about like, it's like a design questionnaire, but it's really just to get to know them as a couple. Because like I said, everybody can have a pretty wedding, but I want it to be unique. And I want those details to be woven throughout the whole weekend, not just like for four hours on wedding day. So really just like think you have to kind of get off Pinterest and get out of like the wedding mindset and think about where do we love to travel? I always like ask for photos of like, show me an outfit you want to go out in, show me like your living room. I always say I can plan a wedding based on a ring, like your wedding ring and your dress. That's all I really need because it like tells me so much about your style and all I'm really trying to do is look for continuity again and like make sure everything's tracking with what they like and make sure they're not picking like this trendy thing because they saw it on Pinterest and love it because they're going to hate it in 50 years. You're like, oh yeah, she got married in 2022. There's that neon sign. So it's like, I just yeah. like, yeah, that was, that was like, no neon sign. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I just, I did one at the a wedding in October and we, she's an artist. So she illustrated her dog and we got the neon sign made of her dog. She's going to have that as a piece of art forever. Like that made sense. So it's really just dig deep, like think about where you love to travel, where you love to eat, where you shop for home goods and try to like see kind of those things. I can send you the questionnaire. They're weird questions, but it helps me a lot. Very specific. (laughs) They're very specific. Yeah. But it tells me a lot about your style and, and really ask, your family, like some things that they love, you know, about family traditions. Like, I think it's really important to incorporate things that your family loves as well. Okay. And then one final question. I feel like this will be a good question to end on. What is one piece of advice that you would share to brides-to-be or someone recently engaged, soon to be engaged? Find the joy in it. Every day, find something like find the joy in it. Like if, if it's stressful, it's probably something you're bringing to it and let it go. Great advice. I feel like so often this process is so stressful. And so that's probably a great reminder for all people. Well, it's good. And, and it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. You know, it's, it's not easy. There are challenges, you, especially for type A control freaks like us. Um, you will get thrown things and you can either go with the flow or at one point I told Liza, like, Hey, we're just going to ask permission and not forgiveness on this one. Like, we're just going to go for it. And there's just, I don't know, just you're going to get thrown a lot of stuff that you haven't dealt with before with your family, with finances, like, and you're dealing with it with a partner that you're spending the rest of your life with. So you've got to really look for the moments to celebrate and, and, and go to dance lessons. Like, I think that's so fun. Like, I love it when yeah. people like, they're so cheesy and corny, but no, that was like one of they, something that's so fun. Wedding, and then we did it and he was so serious about it and was <laughs> 
so intense and took notes and like took them home with them like as homework. And I was just like, you were the one who did not want to take the dance lessons, but I'm happy we did. That was something that was and, really and fun. If you have, you know, your dad in your life, like do dance lessons with your dad too. Like it's just some, yeah. like there's little special things like that you can do throughout the whole process that you won't regret. That'll make you feel really good. Making other memories too. Yeah. Along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that don't matter. And you'll realize that after the wedding, but there are just like little things that you're like, why was I so hung up about that or, you know. Well, Gina, thank you so much for coming on. I'd love for you to share where people can find you, whether they want to hire you or follow you or whatever. Oh yeah, perfect. Um, I am on Instagram, the Wit Experience, and it's W-H-I-T-T. Do not put the White Experience because I feel like that's a very different website. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Instagram is probably the easiest to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And Liza, thank you again for coming on. This is like your fourth time on, but (laughs) I I feel like I was holding back in a lot of the episodes because I wasn't sure what I wanted or (laughs) didn't want to say too much. So this was good. Well, the wedding was beautiful. They're full. I'm probably going to share some more photos Mm -hmm. around this episode on the Instagram page. So follow it Beck and Call Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye. guys, we've made it to the beck and call segment. If you're new around here, this is a segment dedicated to answering listener questions. Whether you need advice from a non-expert or just have a question for me, call into the hotline at 214-620-0473 or email info at beckandcallpodcast.com. The hotline and my email are always open and no question is off limits. We're actually running low on questions, so definitely keep sending those in. Like I said, you can email, you can call the hotline, any topic is welcome. So just keep sending them. And since the interview with Liza and Gina was fairly long, I'm just going to answer one question this week. So let's get into it. Hey, Merritt, loving your latest episodes with Vanita and Kathleen Barnes. You are a natural interviewer and it's a fun addition to your usual segments and totally feels like a conversation between friends. I had a question I wanted to get your take on. Have you ever had to deal with the dissolution of a friendship? Long story short, I hired my former boss, who had become a good friend of mine, to be our wedding planner. She had been an event planner for years, but was launching her own events company. While the results were beautiful and our wedding was gorgeous, the entire planning process was pretty horrific and led to incredible amounts of stress for me and my mom. We were sending her lists of things that needed to get done in the final two weeks of the wedding, begging her to finalize things, and even ended up having to bring on a well-known event planning company to help her execute 10 days before the wedding. Talk about a nightmare. We got married in September, and since then, she's not once acknowledged her lack of communication or really even spoken to me. She sent a giant bill asking for commission on every vendor, even though she didn't find or coordinate with and has been incredibly condescending in her communications with my parents. Clearly, our friendship cannot continue, but it's hard for me to realize that someone could treat me, and for that matter, my precious parents who agreed to take a chance on her, so horribly. In the final weeks of the planning, she was crying to me saying how sorry she was, and now she's demanding a massive paycheck. How would you handle a situation like this and losing a friend after you stuck your neck out for them? I feel betrayed, hurt, angry, all of the things. Thanks for any advice you have. I feel like you just handle things so gracefully and would love your input. Thank you so much for writing in and for your kind words about the podcast and my recent interviews. I am so happy to hear you're enjoying it. I feel like it definitely made sense to answer this question on the Wedding Planner episode with Liza and Gina because we do discuss 
how difficult it is to find a good wedding planner. Finding a good wedding planner is hard. Honestly, I did event planning for a hot minute when I worked at Reward Style, but hated it. It is so stressful and there are just so many small details that are actually super important that you would never think about unless you're well-versed in the industry and have done a lot of events already. My friend Emma recently had a bad experience with her initial wedding planner and ended up having her sister help with most of it. And even then there were things that were out of their control that fell to the wayside or didn't work out as planned. Just planning events in general is so stressful. And like I said, you are not alone in having a bad experience with a wedding planner. I actually hear this pretty often from friends. So I just wanted to say that, that you are not alone in this. And I think that just planning events is stressful and things can go wrong constantly. I'm sure the added layer of her also being your friend was extra tricky because while you want things done in a certain way, I'm sure there's some level of guilt and repeatedly reaching out to her and following up in that scenario. If it was just some stranger you hired, you probably would have had no issue making your expectations very clear and being upfront about it when things weren't going well. So I definitely feel for you. I think it's super frustrating that she didn't stay on top of things and also didn't take responsibility for how she handled it. It sounds like she's not great with confrontation. So if you do reach out, just know you may not get the response or apology you're looking for. But with that said, I think it's totally appropriate for you to reach out and tell her how you feel. If anything, maybe she'll learn from this experience so it doesn't happen again with future clients and you'll at least get what you need to say off your chest. If doing something with her in person isn't an option, like y'all are kind of not speaking, I would write her an email. That way you can thoughtfully write out what's on your mind. I feel like doing it in person or even over the phone would actually get heated and probably wouldn't be the best move anyway, which is why I feel like an email feels appropriate and it'll allow you to collect your thoughts and write something effective, but not super fiery. While I can't write that email for you, I don't know this person, there may be other details that you haven't mentioned. Um, here are some things I might say or include in the email if you do write her. So I would start off by saying, I want to thank you for your help with a wedding, but I also need to express my disappointment in how it was handled those last few weeks, specifically the lack of communication. And when there was communication, how you spoke to my parents. I was so excited to work with you and support your new business. And while I understand not everything is smooth sailing with wedding planning, I felt the way you handled everything those last few weeks and following the wedding was pretty unprofessional. I was frustrated with all of the things we ended up having to do at the last minute as it caused so much stress that could have been avoided had we worked out those details earlier on in the planning process. While I was happy with the end result, our experience working with you on this has been weighing heavily on my mind and I just needed to get it off my chest. As I said before, I was thrilled to be working with you and support your new business, but I just have to admit I'm upset with how everything was handled and don't appreciate how you treated us through the wedding planning process. Anyway, that's probably some version of what I'd say if I were you. You were a paying customer and you were not happy with her services, regardless of the fact that she was your friend. And in fact, you're even more frustrated with how she handled it and treated y'all because you are friends with her. So I personally wouldn't hold back. I would tell her what you think. You could kind of consider it a review of her services, but at least if you tell her how you feel, she'll have to recognize the part she played, not only in the demise of your friendship, but also the stress she caused you and your family leading up to the wedding. And considering she cried on the phone to you, I'm sure it won't come as a surprise, uh, but it sounds like you still have a lot of resentment about this with her. And I just think that you're going to keep thinking about it if you don't get it off your chest. 
So if that means writing her an email and just kind of ending it there, great. Uh, You could also just write a letter to no one. If you just want to like put it down on paper and say everything you wish you could say to her, that's another option. But as someone who is running a business, feedback is important. And considering you were one of her first clients and you're also a friend of hers, I think it's not not a duty necessarily, but I, I would want to know if, one, if I had really hurt one of my friends, I would want them to tell me so that I could at least try to fix it or properly apologize since she clearly didn't, in your opinion. I do think there is space for you to say what you need to say. You don't have to be super mean about it, but just express your disappointment and say that you don't like how she handled it. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. Don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Beck and Call Podcast for episode visual guides, audio clips, and more behind the scenes podcast content. Thanks again for tuning in, and I will catch you guys next week. Bye.